This is living now. If anyone was in any doubt where life, true life, is to be found, it's in the name of Jesus. That was true life. I don't know. Some of you, you've been brought up in church, and that is the best testimony on the face of the earth. But some of us, like me, brought up far from God, far from the things of God. But the, Jesus has changed my life. Is there anyone in the house for whom Jesus has changed your life? I was, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And I'm so grateful to Him. Father, we thank You. That you are here not because we have invited you to be here. You are here because you've decided to come. And you promised that wherever two or three are gathered in your name, there by your spirit, you will be in the midst. We thank you that you are here. We thank you. Some promised that they would be here today and they have failed to be here. But you promised to be here and you have come. Thank you. Thank you that you're here to speak to us, to bless us, to do us good. Thank you that you're here to open our hearts, open our minds, open our understanding, open our spirits to receive what it is you want to say to us today. We're not here just to receive another word. We're not just here to receive something that is out of the mundane, ordinary expectations of church. We dare to believe for the extraordinary. We dare to believe that we will leave something that has not just impacted our minds, but impacted our spirits. In the name of Jesus, have your way in this place today. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. What a joy, what a privilege it is to come and take my place at this pulpit. Anyone who stands here at this pulpit to open up the scriptures and the word of God. It is an immense privilege and there is an immense weight of responsibility and expectation that you come and stand here having sought the Lord and believe that you are delivering something that has come from the heart of God. And that is an immense privilege, but it's also a responsibility. I come to share with you today something that I believe the Lord has laid on my heart um, uh, for the house, and uh, I felt him, him speak to me about the life of Samson. It's been a long time since I've preached a message about the life of Samson, although Lawrence pointed out between the services I've managed to squeeze a little bit in here and there. But as, as a, a main focus, I want us to look at the, the life of Samson, and that uh, begins in Judges chapter 13, where we read that again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. And a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless. But you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. I love this moment because in truth, if you read on, you would discover that uh, this woman had an encounter with God. And, uh, and I'm fascinated by the fact 
that though she had an encounter with God, she wasn't absolutely convinced that she'd had an encounter with God. I think many of us, we, we pray, we believe, we talk about, we just need the Lord to come and do this. We just need the Lord to come and do that. And I just often wonder, would we recognize it if he did? I mean, the truth is that, that she knew that something special had happened, something significant had happened. But she didn't realize at that point that it was God who turned up to speak to her. And, 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 and the Lord talks to her about her present circumstances. He said, you are barren and childless. And then that's followed by a very key word, but. You are barren. I, it's like, let, let's make this perfectly clear. I know, I know your circumstances. I know where you're at. I know your present trouble. And I know your present battle. But. You are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. The Lord was saying that your current reality is about to change. Supernaturally. You are barren and childless. That is something you cannot do about. But I am God. And I'm about to intervene in your circumstances. I'm about to do something that is going to turn your life around. Will you believe me? Will you trust me? Will you believe on this day, this ordinary day, this day amongst many days, that I, the Lord Almighty, can turn up and speak into your life, speak into your circumstances, and in that moment, everything is turned around. I'm declaring an end to your frustration and disappointment. You're going to know success where you've only known failure. I'm fascinated by the fact that that promise had a timeline. Because as the words left the mouth of the Lord, it would take time. Before that promise came to fulfillment, it would take time before she felt the kick of the promise within her womb that had lay dormant but had now sprung to life at the word of the Lord. It was declared that a son that should never have been born was going to be born. How many of you know that just because you might think that something isn't going to happen just because someone has said that something isn't going to happen doesn't mean it isn't going to happen. Because we have a God who does impossible things. When you walk with God, He will do impossible things in your life. When you trust Him, when you allow Him, He will do the impossible in your circumstances. God spoke to a womb. But we see that in truth, he is also the God who speaks to closed places and declares them open. A little while on, we realize that we, we have the incredible story, actually, of some of that power, that anointing that rested upon Samson, this supernatural strength. We read the account of the fact that he destroyed a thousand enemies with a simple jawbone of a donkey. And we read there, Judges 15, where it says, 
After that, he was very thirsty and he cried out to the Lord. You've given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi and water came out of it. And when Samson drank, his strength returned and he was revived. You see, there was a place that God opened up, a source, a source of provision that had been previously unseen, that had been previously untapped. But there was a source of provision in that place at that time because God said, let there be a source. Let there be a source of provision. When God guides, He provides. He will make a way. Just because right now you can't see a source. Just because right now you can't see the possibility of the stream that might flow forth. There is a hollow place that God knows all about. And God can declare to the hollow place, spring forth and life will spring forth. Provision will spring forth. God will make a way. Let Let God be true and every man a liar. There is nothing that can stand in the way of what my God says. If He says, let there be a source, there will be a source because He has promised He will provide. He is not a man that He should lie. He will make a way where there is no way. A cattle on a thousand hills belong to Him. I I was young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. This is the word of the Lord to you. He will meet your needs. The same God who met Samson's need will meet your need. The same God who made a way for him will make a way for you. He will make a way. He will meet your needs according to his glorious riches. We have the account of Samson Walking along the road one day in Judges 14, he went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. And as they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. And then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. And sometime later when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. And he scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. And when he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they ate too. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. It's interesting to me that it doesn't matter how cold you are. It doesn't matter how anointed you are. It does not stop you being attacked. It doesn't stop you suddenly coming under attack just as you walk along the road. It was unexpected and it was fierce. And in that moment, I love it, the Spirit of God came upon Samson. 
And he was able to tear that lion apart. The Bible says as if it was a, a young goat. I had a little smile at that because I don't know whether anyone's ever tied to, tried to tear apart a young goat. But I'm not recommending it. But like, I think that would be pretty tough. It's like you need something else to compare for me, you know. But the thing we need to understand is that even when we get attacked upon the road, even when we get attacked suddenly, when stuff comes into our life, when, when, when some stuff invades our mind, when stuff invades our circumstances, we can know that the Spirit of God will come upon us and equip us and give us the ability to overcome that which is seeking to overcome us. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. We are not left bereft. We are not left without what we need. God will come upon you. God will give you. In fact, you need to believe today that through Jesus and His Spirit, you are already equipped to come against whatever might come against you. God is not in heaven scratching His head about your circumstances. Not one thing in your life was caught Him by surprise. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you are doing. He knows exactly what needs to happen. Will you trust Him? Will you trust Him? Verse 8 says, Some time later, the phrase comes to mind that this too shall pass. You know, whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, this too shall pass. Those of you who have walked on the road a little while, those of you who have walked on the road a long while, you need to know that this too shall pass. And God will be faithful. Even though right now you can't see the light, even though right now you can't see the road through, even though right now the answers seem to evade you, you need to know and confess. Speak over your circumstances. Like Ezekiel prophesied over that valley of dry bones, prophesy over your circumstances and say, in the name of Jesus, this too shall pass. And the same God who has seen me through before will see me through again. Sometime later, sometime later, he walked upon the same road. I don't know what came into his mind. Maybe the memory of that moment. I'm sure that if you had been attacked by a lion and torn it apart with your bare hands, you would also remember. And he turned aside, the Bible says. And the carcass, indeed, of the lion was on the roadside. But something had changed. There were bees and there was honey. You see, there's something sweet now in that which tried to kill you then. I'm going to say that again because for somebody I've just preached, there is something sweet now in that which tried to kill you then. There's a testimony. There's a testimony. There was not only something to sustain Samson. There was something in what he'd been through that sustained him now in this moment. There was something in that which he faced that sustained him now, sometime later. There's some stuff you've been through that sometime later, that which you thought was going to kill you, that which you thought was going to take you out, is going to feed you. It's going to sustain you. Because there was something happened there in that moment that God has preserved for this 
moment. And not only was it for him, but it was also for his parents. That which he scooped out of that carcass, he shared. He had himself and he shared with his parents. What you have experienced, what you've been through is not only for you. What you carry will be a blessing and sustain others. That which tried to kill you can also equip you. You see, Samson, no doubt, was a cold man. We, we haven't got opportunity or time to go into the fullness of the scripture. And I would really recommend that you take time to go and read it because it really is a fascinating and wonderful story. But one thing that we understand is that the birth of this man was supernatural. It was incredible, as we've heard, that God spoke into barrenness. Why? Because there was a deliverer that needed to be called out of barrenness. You see, you may remember at the beginning verses we read that, 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 that the Israel, Israelites, because of their sin, because of their refusal to follow God, they've been handed over to the Philistines. Because why? Because, not because God is sadistic, but because God knew that the answer for their situation was to call out on the name of the Lord. But at the same time as handing them over to the Philistines, God planned the deliverer. God has planned deliverers. Do not, do not think that for one moment God is on the back foot. God has deliverers. God has deliverers everywhere. He has sown deliverers. People who we will raise up at the right time, at the right season, to see that the name of the Lord is preserved. Because, because that which is of God will stand and that which is not of God will certainly fall. No matter how strong it seems right now. He was supernaturally strengthened by God. It was a fascination to people that this man carried a strength that their eyes couldn't work out. That's why they worked so hard at trying to discover how, where, what was the source of this strength. Where did it come from? Because it was not immediately obvious. I love this. I believe this is what the Spirit of God does. He takes a man, he takes a woman, and he does something with their lives and produces something that flows from their lives. That other people are saying, how do they do this? This doesn't make sense. This doesn't match their education. This doesn't match their personality. This doesn't match their upbringing. This doesn't match anything about them. But yet still, we are seeing something that confounds us. This was true with Samson. And in Judges 16, we read that sometime later he fell in love with a woman in the valley. There's a little bit of a pattern here. The valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See, if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. I, I, I personally find it fascinating that you can be this cold and this anointed and this strong and lack so much wisdom. Determined to follow your own desires, listening to your own sinful heart, led him 
to places he should never have gone. You see, the anointing of God will anoint you beyond your own natural capacity. Samson could resist external enemies. We see the fascination. We cheer. He was the, he was the pin-up boy of the day. We cheer as he's tearing lions apart. We cheer as he carries the, the city gates on his back. We, we celebrate as he kills a thousand with a jawbone. Samson could resist his external enemies under the power of the anointing. But his ability to thrive did not firstly depend upon his ability to deal with the external enemies under the anointing of the Lord. The key to him thriving, the key to his survival, the key to him being the man he was called to be was that he also needed to win his private battles, his internal battles. I've hinted at the key because it seems that when it came to women, when it came to lust, when it came to his sexuality, ah, Samson could resist everything but temptation. Samson had his battles, and you know what the truth is? We've got our battles. And I know probably what you're thinking. No, 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 no. Don't let's go here. Let's go back to the other bit. I like the other bit. You know the bit where we were talking about the power of God and where we were talking about the anointing and we are talking about strength and we are talking about miracles and breakthrough. Go back to that bit. I like that bit. I, like, I want to I focus on that bit. I want to... But you know what? If you don't understand this, if you can only celebrate the external victories and not understand the internal battles, you're never going to make it. Because the only way you're going to win, the only way you're going to get through to what God wants you to do, get through is if you win your internal battles. Samson's biggest enemy was within him. And my biggest enemy is within me. Your biggest enemy is within you. Sure, you know what? Your battle may not be my battle. Because the truth is, in areas where I'm strong, you may well be weak. But you know what? I should not be too quick to judge. Just because I'm strong where you're weak. Because you know what? There's every chance that you are strong where I am weak. For all his strength, Samson had the soft underbelly of vulnerability that given the right circumstances and a Delilah, he could be taken down. For all his calling, for all the supernatural, for all the anointing, for all the power of God, given the right circumstances and a Delilah and the folly of his own heart. He could be taken down. Someone once said that opportunity may only knock once, but temptation leans on the doorbell. I'm going to say that again because I just think I preached for somebody else. 
Opportunity may only not once, but temptation leans on the doorbell. Anyone know what I'm talking about? See, there was something leaning on Samson's doorbell. Turn to someone and say, what's leaning on your doorbell? You see, under, under the anointing, there are certain things that are to do with gift. They are the deposited gift of God. There can be no acclamation given to Samson because of his strength. That strength, strength was a deposit deposited gift. He didn't earn it. He had done nothing to merit it. It was not something that he'd done because he'd been a good boy. That gift was the deposited gift of God. The gift and calling of God are without repentance. They were put upon his life. That was God's responsibility and God fulfilled his responsibility. But we are very quick to think about God's responsibility and forget our own responsibility. And Samson's responsibility, as is our responsibility, is to guard our heart and to watch our character. That was his job. That's where he fell. That's where he did not guard his heart. You see, temptation will come. I don't care who you are. Temptation will come. James 1 says that blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hey, temptation is going to come, not least because God is going to use it to approve us. But you've got to remember that when when it's God, it's a test. The devil tempts us because he wants us to fail, but God tests us because he wants us to succeed. And sometimes the kindest thing that God can do is show me my own heart. It's incredibly painful and incredibly difficult. But sometimes the kindest thing is that God will show me the soft underbelly of my vulnerability. Because then I will understand how dependent upon Him I am. How much I need Him. See, James 1 also says, and and we need to be clear about this, that when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to sin. To death. First Corinthians, though Paul writing to the Corinthian church tells us this. He says that no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Say God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So the reality is that temptation will come to us. It's how we handle the temptation. I was uh, recently, I've got an Instagram account. I was recently on Instagram and I've got an iPhone 
And uh, if you don't know about Instagram, don't worry. But if you do, then you'll understand what I mean, that there is uh, something called Instagram Explore. And it wasn't something really, I had been on it, but it wasn't something that I spent a lot of time on. But, but um, I was, uh, it was getting towards bedtime, and uh, I was on uh, Instagram, and I caught the, the bottom of my screen uh, on this occasion, and I went on Instagram Explore. And I saw some things on Instagram Explore that I would rather not have seen. That's the truth. And, 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 you know, I can say that, uh, you know, it was, um, it was, you know, thank God, nothing too bad. But it was something that I, I, I shouldn't be looking at. And so I quickly, in a moment, I quickly just, ah. Uh, and I paused. And I deleted Instagram. You say, well, it's a bit of an overreaction. I mean, you, you reacted in the right way. Yeah, I did on that occasion. But I didn't trust myself because now I knew that was there. And I'm tired and it's late and no one else is around. I actually don't trust me to do the right thing at the right time. And so the best thing for me, delete delete. Now you see, that was my way of escape. That was my way of escape. I had a choice. I could have talked to myself. I could have said, hey, well, for goodness sake, Mark, you're overreacting now. You don't need to do that. You can just, you can, yeah, you know, just don't, just don't go on Instagram Explore. But in that moment, I'm not saying I'll never have it on my phone again. I'm just saying that right now or right then till now, I'm not doing that. For me, that's not what I should be doing. For you, that might not be your struggle and that's cool. But we've all got our kryptonite. We've all got that something that has the power to lead us down a path that we don't want to go down. Maybe it's fear, depression, sex, overeating, alcohol, worry, gossip, lying. Maybe it is internet porn. Maybe it's buying things you don't need. Temptation will come to us all. But all of us, through the power of the Spirit, have the power to overcome. That which attacks us on the road, we have the power to overcome in the name of Jesus. It reminds me of a story that I heard many years ago. It's about a young boy who was out walking on the hills. Oh, it was a glorious day. The sun was shining and the wind ruffled his hair and refreshed him in the heat of the day. And as he walked and looked up, he couldn't help but see, contrasted against the blue sky, was a bird. He quickly realized, wow, that must be an eagle, and he wasn't wrong. The eagle was magnificent, expansive windspan, majestic. As it rose and it fell, with hardly a flutter of the wings, it rose and fell and upon the thermals that rose from the earth in the heat of the day. And he paused and enjoyed what he was seeing. 
And then, in a moment, the same eagle that had been flying around and dancing on the thermals stood still, as it were, in the sky, just still, just fluttering the ends of its wings, hovering on the thermal eyes, gaze fixed on a distant prey, unseen to the boy. And after a few moments that seemed so long, it dived to the earth, talons extended to sweep down and clutch up what must have been a weasel. And the eagle began to ascend and to ascend and to ascend. And this weasel struggled and he struggled. And in a fight for his life, it was so mean, it sank his teeth into the eagle's chest. For a little while, the eagle flew harder, beating its wings harder, trying to ascend, trying to ride it out. But the harder the eagle flew, the harder the weasel bit. And then, as if someone threw a switch, in a moment, his strength failed him. An eagle and weasel fell to the ground, rolled and rolled and rolled, and came to a standstill, motionless, dead. And the boy couldn't help but wonder. How could such a majestic bird fall, fail, die? It certainly wasn't that the weasel was cleverer, and it certainly wasn't that the weasel was stronger. The reason the eagle fell was because it would not let go of that which was eating him. What killed the eagle was not letting go of that which was eating him. You've got to let go of that which is eating you. You've got to let go of that thing that is stealing your strength and bringing you down. You've got to let go of that thing that is seeking to limit your future. Temptation will always be there. And indeed we can pray, lead me not into temptation. It's good to pray. We need to also walk in wisdom. And we also need to learn to not fight alone. If you're struggling, you need to find somebody to help you, to stand with you, to believe with you, someone to whom you can be accountable. Do not fight alone. Don't struggle alone. Don't hold on to that thing that is killing you. Don't hold on to that thing that is eating you. Let it go. Bring it into the light. Let God deal with it. Set you free. He who the Son sets free, she who the Son sets free is free indeed. Will you let him? Will you trust him to set you free?
See, Samson shows us that even the called and the chosen can lose their way. He became over-familiar with the things of God and yet lost his connection. It's a terrible thing to be used mightily of God yet lose your connection to the source. The scariest words, I think one set of the scariest words in the Bible is that, and you can go and read it, that Samson stirred himself and expected to find his strength there as it was before, but he didn't realize. He didn't realize that the Spirit of God had left him. He didn't realize what he'd let go of. He'd lost his connection. He lost his awareness of the presence of God. I want to pause there and then we'll come back to a bit at the end, but I'm just going to ask you in this moment to bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to give you an opportunity as we've acknowledged and recognized that if we're going to make it in this life, if we're going to succeed, if we're going to do what we were born to do, if, if we are going to embrace our destiny, if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, we can't do it on our own and we may try and we will fail because we need Him. I need Him. The Spirit of God is in this place. And I want to talk to you today if you don't know Jesus. Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe you've been coming a few weeks. Maybe you're just trying to work things out, trying to work out what's weird and what's good and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, this is not about just about our likes and our dislikes. This is about the presence of God. It's about Knowing Jesus, the thing that makes a difference to my life is knowing Jesus and making Him Lord of my life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you'd like to know Jesus, in one moment I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, yes, count me in. I, I'm making a decision today to come to Jesus. Or maybe the truth is you have a one time walk with the Lord and You've, you've ended up a long way away. You've lost your connection. But there's something in your heart that says, Jesus, I want to come home. I don't want to keep living this way. I don't want to keep trying to do it on my own. I, I'm tired of trying to make it work. I'm coming home to you. In one moment, I'm going to ask you if that's you. If you would like to respond to Jesus for the first time or you want to come back to him to slip up your hand nice and high so I can acknowledge it someone will put a card in your hand you can put your hand down but it will give me the opportunity to pray with you believe with you that this decision will take root like never before if that's you if you know you need Jesus in your life this morning right now in this atmosphere with every head bowed and every eye closed just slip up your hand nice and high God bless you there. That's amazing. Someone's going to put a card in your hand or you can put your hand down. Is someone else here? Someone else? Don't be afraid. He's here. He's here.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just waiting. There are two people who need to recommit their lives. There are two people who need to recommit your life. It's time to come home. I'm just going to wait one moment for you. Wait one moment for you. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I'll acknowledge it and you can put your hand down. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for one soul today. We thank you that heaven rejoices over one soul. We thank you, O oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we speak your name over her. That God, she makes a decision to follow you right now. That God, her life will be changed once and for all. We're going to pray a prayer. And if you're holding on to a card right now, we want you to pray with us. But we're going to pray, Lord Jesus, let's pray as it together, church. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. I'm th I thank you for hope. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for a brand new start. I thank you for life that can only come through Jesus. I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Just maintaining this atmosphere. I want to take a moment before I hand back to Lawrence to say that Samson came to a point where he cried out to God, remember me. He came to a point where he realized he'd lost that connection. He came to a point of realizing that he'd lost a sense of the presence of God. But in the prison and in the pain, he came to a point that says, Oh God, remember me. I want to feel you again. I want, to, I want to feel your presence again. I need to feel your presence. I just feel that today there are some people here who you, you need to feel again the presence of God. It's, it's, it's not that you don't love Him. It's not that you don't want Him. It's just that it seems to have been a long time since you have felt His presence. And you just don't want to go through the motions of going to church and doing what you should do. You need to feel Him. And God answered Samson's prayer. And he was restored. And he was revived. And his strength returned. And I just want to believe, I just believe, I don't know who you are today, but I believe the Spirit of God has sent me that, that you will respond to Him in these moments and He will respond to you. And that He will revive you and He will refresh you and He will restore you in His presence. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to invite you, if that's you, just stand to your feet right now. Don't wait for somebody else. Just do it for you. Do it. This is about you and Him. This is about you and Him. It's about coming into His presence. It's about stopping pretending and saying, Hey, God, remember me. 
remember me, Lord. I remember how I used to walk with you. Remember how I used to pray. Remember you and me, God. We were tight. Somewhere along the way, you've lost your way. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Just pray where you are. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. When Samson prayed, remember me, you heard the cry of his heart. And everyone standing in this place today, my God, you hear the cry of their heart. It may not be audible to the human ear, but it is audible to your ear. You hear the cry of the heart. And the same God who came to bless and refresh and strengthen Samson comes right now in this moment to bless, revive, and strengthen you. Oh, in His presence. In the presence of the Lord, I am revived and strengthened. In the presence of the Lord, I am revived and strengthened. In the presence of the Lord, I am revived and strengthened.